Hello and welcome back. I'm Dr. Nicola and this is Aspen Talks Health. Today I'm joined by Benjamin and Susanna Alter. They are naturopathic doctors and the founder of Alter Health. Welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Dr. Nicola. <laughs> a pleasure to have you both. <laughs> so we're going to talk about holistic lifestyle and what that entails for true health. Yes, let's start with just the definition. What is naturopathic doctor? Well, as naturopathic doctors, we, we go through a four-year medical training. The first two years are based in biomedical sciences, so we get the same kind of strong foundation that a medical doctor or an osteopath or a chiropractor would get. But then we focus our therapies more on nature-based modalities. So we learn a lot about nutrition, herbal, or botanical medicine, we learn about homeopathy, we learn about hydrotherapy, we learn about physical manipulation. Those are just a few of our toolboxes. But I think what makes naturopathic medicine really unique is our philosophy. And so one of the guiding principles in naturopathic medicine is this understanding that the body has an innate ability to heal itself. And so here we are as physicians, you know, maybe we'll recommend some nutrition, some herbal remedies, but really the, the body is doing the healing. And it's, it's our job just to honor that and support that process. And another guiding principle is that we see it's important to treat the whole person. So rather than just looking at a specific organ system or trying to kind of get rid of a symptom, we like, to under, we like to figure out what the underlying cause is and really remove any obstacles to the body healing itself. And so not only do we look at the body as a whole, but we also look at the emotional and the mental aspects of the person as well. Because if we mm. only just focus on physical health, then we might kind of reach some barriers somewhere. It's really important to mm. recognize that a person is a multi-dimensional being. All right, and yeah. the mind plays such a role and a factor in, in how the physical turns out, right? I think it starts there. Absolutely, I think it starts there. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people might have been told it's all in your head, and that's certainly what we're never saying. But I think it starts in the head and often manifests in the body in terms of, you know, pain or uh, gastrointestinal symptoms or whatever it may be the mind holds such powerful leverage in the healing process. So we like to just acknowledge that. And when people are open to it and ready for it, maybe just explore how we might leverage that power of the mind to support the healing process. While also understanding, like Dr. Susanna was talking about, the, the nature of uh, the real root causes of, um, of holistic health and, and chronic disease, which really lie in the foundation of lifestyle you know, how we're living our life on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis in terms of what we're eating, what we're thinking, what we're breathing, what we're drinking, and also how we're moving our bodies, of course. Yeah, so important. Let's start with nutrition, because the mind we can explore for a long time, yeah. but uh, I definitely want to touch on that in a bit. Um, mm. So nutrition-wise, I advocate eating fruit, even as a diabetic, and my pushback is always, a, where do you get your protein as a vegetarian? And B, doesn't fruit have too much sugar? 
So can you tap on, let's start with the sugar concept. Yeah, well, we're on the same team then. Yes. Not that there are teams. We're all, we're all on the same team trying to advocate health in, in individuals. But yes, I think that so many people in our world today have a fear of fruits. And I think that stems from a fear of sugar or carbohydrates. They equate a sweet apple with a bag of Skittles. And maybe they've even been told that the sugar in an apple will affect the body in the same way that the sugar in a bag of Skittles will. And that couldn't be further from the truth. We know that sugar in its purest form that comes from fruit, fruits and vegetables is the very substance that powers the cells. And that power on a cellular basis is what we need not only to stay awake and alert and you know function in our life, but to allow the body, like we were talking about, to heal itself. It's not the food that heals the body, it's the food that provides the energy so that the body can heal itself. And then, of course, when we're talking about fruits, we know that fruits also have vitamins and minerals and all the phytochemicals. And if we look at a multivitamin on a shelf, for example, all of those vitamins are either some, if, there's, if it's a good multivitamin, they're coming directly from fruits. They're isolating the, the, the vitamins and nutrients and extracting them and putting them in a capsule for us to take. Um, and I think that it's much, you know, our bodies are intended to get its uh, vitamins and nutrients from whole foods in that perfect, harmonious synergy that nature provides. Right, because a vitamin is not going to provide flavonoids and antioxidants and all these extra things, phytochemicals that fruits provide. It's not just the vitamin A, vitamin C. You know, it, there's so many other components to whole produce. Sure, and exactly. a lot of uh, you know functional naturopathic medical doctors are really acknowledging that and, and trying to you know artificially synthesize some ideal nutrient dense diet with the help of nutrients and supplements that are in capsules. But we like to rely on nature, and we can't. Um, we you know there's so many things that are in an apple or an orange or a banana or any fruit or vegetable that are synergistically optimized, and we can't try and pretend that we're going to be able to create that or recreate that and put it in a capsule. It's just not going to ever do what it does. And not, not to mention kind of the energetics of fruit and the, the vitality that the fruit from a tree has for the body. Yeah, and the water, fresh the water, water and mm -hmm. the fiber mm -hmm. that our gut or microbiome depends on. Totally. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so just to add on, you know, the kind of sugar fear, fruit fear, a little bit more, I think where where people tend to get into trouble with experiencing issues with, for example, blood sugar regulation, is when there is a high amount of sugar in the diet, also with a high amount of processed and saturated fats, that's a lethal combination. Mm -hmm. But when we really focus on a, a whole food diet, fruits, well, and vegetables, but we're talking about fruits mainly, are a perfectly healthy food, not to, not not a food to be afraid of. Right. Yeah. That's a great point because insulin resistance is caused by high saturated fat levels, actually. Yes. And and people think it, diabetes is 100% a sugar issue, but it's actually a high fat and sugar issue. Yes. Uh, and that combination, and that's what you see in muffins, for example, that have that I love. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, but all of those foods that we love. That, that, right. You know, I, a lot of those, you know, muffins, cakes, cookies. People are looking that looking at them as saying these are bad carbohydrates, 
there's really more fat in a muffin, a cake, or a cookie than there are carbohydrates. Carbohydrates gets the blame because we can measure that blood sugar spike, right. but it's not the carbohydrates' fault for raising your blood sugar. It's the saturated fat that, you know, like you were talking about, creates that level of insul insulin resistance. And it's just poorly, it's not poorly understood scientifically, but in terms of the broad uh, knowledge that people have, you know, in, you know, the lay person in the general public. People equate sugar to sugar to sugar, right. need to manage our blood sugar. That means low carb diets and lo low fruit diets, no potatoes, no starch, no whole grains. And those are the foods that support the body in healing itself. So right. we like to remind people of the, the abundant gifts that nature provides in the produce section of the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. Or the farmer's market. Or the farmer's market. Uh, <laughs> But also how the sugar affects or hits your brain and right the intensity the refined sugars are much more glycemically high mm. and so they'll hit your brain and hit that trigger for dopamine much more intensely so that you become more addicted to them. Sure, that exactly. that could be a thing as well. I mean, everyone's got their own kind of fix, and you know we all got give me the fix of whatever it may be, and we also address kind of addictive tendencies and cravings and that sort of thing Good. Um, from the level of understanding how the mind works really and understanding that an addiction is really not much more than a thought that we take seriously mm. and we like to remind people the nature of thought which is really elusive has no form until we really hold on to it and create a belief out of it and then really invest energy into it and then that thought which was just, oh, a muffin tastes really, sounds like that would be really good. All, that, all of a sudden, that is a, like a physical construct in our reality, and we need to then act on it. And we just remind people to not take all of their thoughts so seriously. Such a great point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let's switch to the protein <clears throat> concept because that is a huge myth. Everyone worries about the amount of protein they're getting. Please mm -hmm. tap on that. All right. Well, I think something that also isn't very well understood is, well, not by science, but just, you know, in general, is that all fruits and vegetables have protein and even a small amount of fat in them. And also, when I'm talking about, not, I'm not just talking about fruits and vegetables, I'm talking about all plant foods. So if we're talking about um, this fear that you alluded to before about eating a vegetarian diet and people are asking, well, where do you get your protein? Always. It's not, it's not just animal products where we get our protein. And mm -hmm. so we also eat, um, we choose not to eat animal products. And in our 2,000 calorie or so a day diet, don't even really intentionally focus on putting in protein powders or extra no, nuts and seeds here <laughs> and there. And if, if we do a, a nutritional analysis of, the, of what we're eating in a day, we're always hitting the mark of the amount of protein we need. So um, it's, it's really not something we need to bend over backwards to try to get if we're eating a, a diet that is based mm. in whole foods. Um, I think there's also just a tendency to think that um, we need more protein than we actually do. But in reality, when humans consume an excess amount of protein, it can actually cause 
more harm than good. And one of those examples is just that protein is a stress on the kidneys to filter. And if, I mean, we see this in people with chronic kidney disease, one of the treatments is to eat a low protein diet. And so it's important that over time, you know, we're not mm. just burdening our organs with excessive amounts of protein. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember where animals get their protein, Thank you. which is point. from <laughs> uh, plants. But specifically in the soil, there are bacteria that fix nitrogen into amino acids. And those nitrogen-fixing bacteria um, provide the proteins in the form of amino acids in plants. And a lot of people say, oh, well, you need to eat a complete protein and make sure you're getting your rice and your beans or whatever it may be. Um, but if there is any sort of diversity in terms of colors and textures on your plate, you are not going to be deficient in any one amino acid or protein in general. Um, and I think, you know, I've, I've talked with a lot of uh, plant-based doctors and physicians and people living a vegan lifestyle for decades or whatever it may be, and I've never seen or heard of a protein deficiency. And on the contrary, there's certainly an epidemic of protein excess, which leads to chronic disease of all sorts. Yeah. Good point you make to make sure that you're getting a variety of color on your plate. Mm. And that's how you know you're getting a variety of vitamins and minerals and mm. all the things that you need out of your food. Mm. So important. Skittles yeah. actually knows that. <laughs> that's why Skittles, that Skittles is multicolored. Because our, our retina has been trained to... to a, uh, appreciate different colors and be attracted wow. to them. Well, I think you were, I think you, I thought you were joking, but uh, you're not joking. No. Yeah, no, but we, like, bright things, you know, we're, we're intrigued. Yeah, yeah, and I think it is, you know, that ingrained part of us that's like, ooh, nutrition, ooh, nutrient density. And I think, you know, hunter-gatherer advocates and paleo people think that um, it was really, like, the fat that allowed humans to evolve. And uh, fat not to d dive off on too much Please. of a tangent or whatever, but it is an alternative fuel source for the body. But we need to remember that it's an alternative fuel for source for the body. The primary fuel source is carbohydrates. And we can dip into that fat born burning um, capacity naturally through fasting, which is becoming more and more popular, which we're certainly advocates for in certain, in when the case is right. Um, but just simply eating more fat in attempts to burn fat doesn't, it doesn't really work that, it's not that black and white. Whenever there's carbohydrates in the system, we're gonna be burning those. Yeah, right, which is what leads to the insulin resistance because mm. we have, again, high fat, and then you incorporate any carbohydrates, you send your system out, out of whack. Mm -hmm. yes. Very interesting. Also, to tap on the animal products, um, they, they come loaded with saturated fat, which is what leads to heart disease because the saturated fat will line the arteries. And if it's going to your heart, obviously that causes heart disease or heart attack. If it's going to your brain, that's a stroke. Mm -hmm. So keeping that down or eliminating it altogether, I think, is so key. Yes, yeah. we do too. And obviously there's some, you know, controversial studies, which I don't know why it's still controversy, because I think the, when you look at the big picture, the epidemiological stuff, it's like a no-brainer. But still, yeah. there's a little bit of uh, controversy. Nice. All right, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about mindset and why is it important. You, uh, we spoke on the phone and you said it's not only what you eat, but it's how you eat. Mm -hmm. Please yeah. explain that. Yeah, well... Dr. Ben and I often will have clients come to us who are doing everything 
perfectly on the physical level. They may be eating perfectly, they're sleeping, they're doing the best they can to sleep perfectly and move perfectly and do everything mm. physically perfectly, yet they're still experiencing ongoing or chronic symptoms. And in these cases, we often will then point to the mind because there can many times be an obstacle to cure on the level of the mind. Um, there can be limiting beliefs that really can be self-sabotaging in the end. And so um, it's important, like we said before, to, to not just focus on physical health, but to, to look into, okay, what kind of mental patterns are regular for this person? What kind of emotional patterns do they find themselves in? And then go from there. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Can you give an example? Do you have a client in mind that had like a pattern maybe that you could yeah, share? Yeah, so one thing, one pattern I see really often is um, that, that kind of type A personality that latches onto a therapeutic diet and just does it like a, like a straight A student, you know, does it so perfectly, but there's so much stress wrapped up around eating that way that it's, they spend so much of their energy thinking about, is, is this okay or is this food making me feel off? Um, oh no, I think something might have slipped into this meal. There's just kind of this constant stress state that they're in whenever food comes up. Mm. And that amount of stress to feel on a regular basis within the body can have an enormous effect on the immune system, on the ability for the body to really heal. Because the body does its best healing when we're in a state of relaxation. So when we're in a state of stress, we know that cortisol level, which is our, our stress hormone, cortisol and adrenaline increase, that increases our blood pressure, it increases our blood sugar, it suppresses our immune system and it does so many other things in our body. But um, that's, not, that's not a state of healing. That's a state of deteriorating over time. Mm -hmm. so, um, so yeah, I think sometimes we underestimate powerful impact that stress can really have on our physical body mm -hmm. and um, yeah so that's a, that's a common kind of pattern we see and when when we see people start to kind of free up this um, rigidity around food and this this kind of need to do everything perfectly that's when we see real healing happen. It's amazing. Nice. Well, you stop telling your body that what you just ate was poison. Yeah. In a way. I mean, that's basically what you're doing. If you eat and then regret, uh huh. you're like, what yeah. just came in is toxic. Exactly. And that's how your body will see it, I think. And the yes. other thing that Susanna is kind of pointing to as well is the fact that when we're really relying on advice and recommendations and information from the outside world, that is not necessarily the most empowering situation to be in. I think, it, and we like to encourage and remind people that they are their own healer. They've got all of the wisdom and information inside of themselves to heal. We talk about how, you know, the the physical body heals itself, and that's kind of the underlying principle of naturopathic medicine, knowing that there is an innate force that does that. And the same is true in terms of our mind and our mental health. There is a force that naturally balances. Our, our thoughts, our emotions, and a lot of times we try to overanalyze and over control and kind of step in 
with our ego, for lack of a better term, and try to fix things when, when in fact, things fix themselves in the realm of the mind and our emotions. Um, yeah. Interesting. Do you have an immersive lifestyle transformation program? Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Uh, what lifestyle changes do you recommend? Yes. So um, we offer these two-day intensive lifestyle immersions, and it really depends on what the individual or family is needing support in. So, you know, sometimes it's nutrition, and we'll do a lot of coaching around food and food prep and, and buying food and sourcing food. Sometimes it's really around movement. Sometimes it's around sleep. Sometimes it's around also cleaning up the home environment so that we're minimizing exposure to toxins within the household. Um, I mean, Ben, why don't you talk about the determinants of health? Well, you know, there are these determinants of health that really we need to spend some time focusing on because um, a lot of times we're, like we kind of started the conversation, we're throwing in supplements or trying to do different protocols to fix things. But when it comes down to it, there is a foundation of health that really is built upon you know, our food, our air that we're breathing, our water that we're drinking, our thoughts that we're thinking, our relationships that we're involved in, and, uh, and that's as well our, our movement and how we're moving our body. And um, you know, we, are, we all know this. We all know conceptually that these kind of things are important to do. But I think a lot of people aren't really fully invested and committed to really looking directly at these most simple foundations of health as the place to cure their acute or chronic disease. Uh, but when, in actuality, that is the foundation of health. It's impossible to have true health without a real steady foundation. Because, mm. you know, like we were talking about, we can throw things on top, but if we, if we wouldn't build a skyscraper on a, you know, some, on a straw bread, straw bed or something. Right. So, yeah, we want to really create that solid foundation while, you know, once again, encouraging people to tune into their own wisdom and trust. And uh, because I think when it comes down to it, we're living in this world where we're inundated with information. There's no shortage of information. We can Google and get whatever we need in whatever time we need it. Um, but you know, we, we need to trust and feel into that information and then take action in a way that's inspired, you know, coming from within. Yeah, yeah. so true. You guys go into people's homes. What do you look for? Well, I think, I think it's important. One, one of the things that I'm very passionate about is really cleaning up the home because there are so many toxins, hidden toxins that we don't recognize in our household products, in our food, in our water, in our air, like Ben was saying. So um, that's one of the things, you know, when we go in and we look around, I'm, I'm looking at to see, okay, what, what chemicals can we replace with safer products? Um, but I think also it's, you know, it's so, it's just so dependent on what, what the person is needing. Mm. Um, what else would you yeah. add? Well, yeah, I, I want to make sure that people are eating real food. <laughs> I think that um, you know we were just having a conversation with with some people today <clears throat> about the fact that a lot of people are simply not eating real food. They were eating maybe mostly real food. Maybe it's ninety five percent real food, but there's a lot of non food food like substances that are making their way into people's houses, 
into people's, you know, cooking dishes, into people's mouths, into people's bodies. Our body does, bodies aren't, you know, designed to deal with food-like substances on an ongoing basis. Yeah, you know, maybe we can have a slice of birthday cake or whatever it may be. But on an ongoing, you know, the staples in our diet should be real food. Yeah. So we certainly are going to open the refrigerator and dig into the pantry and make sure that it's 99% real food. And my theory or my belief system is if it can sit on a shelf for two years, it's not designed for our bodies to consume. It's technically, I mean, it's actually been designed for nothing in nature, and specifically uh, bacteria to break it down and yet we rely on bacteria to break down our food mm -hmm. and we're eating things that are designed for that not to work so of course we're not getting the nutrition but we're mm -hmm. getting the calories uh, it's a fascinating the yeah. processed foods are and even just things that can sit in the middle the mo pretty much the majority of the middle part of the grocery store oh, is not real food so yeah. true yeah. you know <laughs> yeah that was the other thing that came up you know when you're in the store it's it's so you know put the food in your shopping basket don't put anything that isn't food into your shopping basket. Yeah. Don't be, you know, and it's getting more and more challenging as we progress into the future where the middle of the grocery store is most of the grocery store, first of all. And there's probably 0.001% of those items that have ingredients that are really, really pure, right. you know, non-processed, no additives, no preservatives, really the way that nature intended for us to be eating. Yeah. Nature intended for us to be shopping at the farmer's market or, or more, more appropriately, scavenging and wild harvesting and picking things right from the earth, which, you know, not many of us have the luxury of doing that today, but we can, you know, be, be uh, incorporated into a CSA, a community-supported agricultural system or a farmer's market. And these are the best places to invest our money when we're considering our health and the health of our planet. And, uh, you know, we like to just remind people that that's how nature intended humans to thrive. Right. Yeah, so true. You do some work with pelvic care. Do you want to tap I on do. that? I do, yes. Yeah, so um, in addition to all of the naturopathic care, I'm also trained in something called holistic pelvic care. And that's a manual therapy that supports women specifically with chronic pelvic issues. And it also, it because it, holistic is in the name, it also really empowers women to connect with their divine feminine energy. So when we're talking about physically, what the physical benefits of this holistic therapy are, from even before having a child, in reproductive years, some women may experience horrible PMS or maybe issues with fertility or maybe some low libido. Those are some kind of common things that happen. Um, these can greatly be supported with holistic pelvic care. And then when we get into the childbearing years, I think where holistic pelvic care really shines is postpartum. It really helps to restore the strength and just the the energy within the muscles in the pelvic bowl. And then also later in life, it, it can really also shine as well, helping women transition through menopause and also the kind of chronic pelvic issues that can come up after menopause. Okay. Yeah. We are completely out of time. But okay. I just wanna, real quick, you have one program, a couple of programs. Can you just name them that people can sign up for? Yes. Um, well, yeah. we work with people on 
three three month basis. Okay. Um, it's called the complete holistic membership through Alter Health, and. Um, we work with people, we can either go to their homes or we can visit with them over uh, telemedicine, Zoom, for example, mm -hmm. and then um, I see people in person in Carbondale for the pelvic floor care. Wonderful. Yeah, and we also yeah. have a group coaching program as well, actually, where we connect with people online as well, all over the country via Zoom, and uh, just answer questions and have conversations related to holistic lifestyle medicine and really supporting people in creating and maintaining that foundation of health that allows them to thrive in their life. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, we are completely out of time, but I will put up your contact information, alter.health, correct? Yeah. And we'll put that up on aspentalkshealth.com. So you can go there to find out more information about these lovely two people and their programs that will help you get yourself back to health. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. Such thank a pleasure. Thank you for having us. It was, it was a pleasure. Fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Thank you for tuning in.